Hello, everyone. This is Erica Spicer Mason, writer and editor with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast today. I'm thrilled to be joined by Smriti Kirubanandan, a robotics and public health expert, to discuss authentic leadership and genderless leadership. Smriti, thank you so much again for joining us today. Thrilled to have you here. Erica, thank you so much for having me. Nice to be here. Uh, thank you again. And, you know, I'm excited to dive in because I know your background and expertise covers so many different industries and sectors. So I think the listeners here are really going to benefit quite a bit. So to get us started, I was wondering if you could just share a little bit more about yourself, your background, and also how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Uh, it's a little bit of a nonlinear, unpredictable uh, path, as you will see. So uh, I really started my undergrad, my education in computer science focused on robotics, uh, mostly in human-computer interaction. Uh, most of the people in tech would do it because they love the tech side, but actually I love the psychology part of it to really understand how humans interacted with tech. And from there on, moving on, I quickly realized that my personality was more on people facing and not really um, you know, coding. So then I moved on to uh, pursuing my master's in engineering management. Um, then I also got certified as a raw vegan chef as a nutritionist because I was really into the plant-based foods and understanding how our psychology works and really into um, improving myself and helping others as well. So uh, soon after my first master's, I took an interesting to uh, turn and I started a yoga studio, which is focused in Ashtanga yoga for a couple of years. And during those two years, I did realize that I really learned about the body. I really learned about uh, discipline and how that creates freedom on an, in an everyday's life. But that really set the tone uh, for me on who I needed to be as a leader, as a person until today. And this I'm talking 2010, back 13 years back. And um, and I decided to leave the yoga studio, just going back in the corporate world. And I started my journey mostly in product development, uh, in UI, human company interaction for healthcare apps, working at the intersection of business development, marketing for a long time. Um, and then I moved into pursuing my second master's in public health from UCLA and, uh, you know, started working in business development and supplements and working across domestic international partnerships for a company called Chromadex. So I think at this point, I've really connected my dots between, you know, the, the wellness, uh, robotics, the tech, and obviously my uh, newfound passion for, you know, giving back to the community and really being of service. So as I connected these dots together, I wanted to work in the service line industry. So that brings me here today. And as of today, I work for a large organization as their global director, uh, working in strategy, business development, market development, and also a lot of brand development and healthcare and life sciences. But I also serve on the board for a couple of organizations. One is the World Food Bank, and the other is the Akshay Patra Foundation, which is one of the world's largest NGO, feeding 2 million kids a day. And um, I also write quite a bit, and I also have a podcast called the Health Forward Podcast, which uh, interviews healthcare, health tech executives, and uh, no competition to Becker's, a little, little, little bit different, also interviews artists and everyone else. But uh, that's really, you know, kind of the, uh, the thread that's really brought me to where I am today. And I think there's uh, more miles to go. Smriti, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I love hearing a good career path that has so many twists and turns. And then to your point, when you can look back and connect the dots and see how it all relates, it's so exciting. I actually remember 
years ago, Steve Jobs gave a commencement speech about that very topic and concept. So it really sounds like you've connected the dots here on, you know, tying that love for people and health and understanding your body, but also population health and public health and tying in technology, which we'll certainly get into more um, as we go into our discussion. But to kind of start us at a more broad view, I'm wondering if you can share with us what you see as the biggest challenges that healthcare leaders are facing today in effectively leading and empowering others. You know, I think that leaders are facing so many challenges right now. And so I'd just love to hear your take on what trends you're noticing and the challenges that you're seeing. Great question. Uh, and to expand a little bit on the last one, you know, uh, nonlinear journeys are like a roller coaster and some people want to get off, right? So uh, sometimes to have you alone, I think uh, my advice to others would be to just hang in there. At some point, the roller coaster stops and, you know, then uh, the excitement continues. But uh, coming back to this question, I think, um, as you know, Erica, the healthcare ecosystem is extremely complex, and that, I think, is an understatement. And for leaders who are really trying to move the needle and make a change and really make a social impact, I think some of the challenges I really see are leaders who are trying to solve uh, the internal problems, which could be supply chain, it could be cost reduction, it could be really improving the quality of the process while they're also trying to balance on how they can solve the actual issues such as physician burnout, nurse burnout, worker strikes, really giving them the pay they need, uh, the ecosystem they need to support it. And I think we really pull back uh, all the blankets and really see what's there. I think leaders are really struggling with solving systemic issues sometimes in a fragmented format and sometimes in you know, an integrated format. But I think that's really where the gravitational pull is and the struggle is, right? But there's a lot of push and pull between uh, someone really trying to make a change. And then there's obviously all the macroeconomic trends and global issues such as the climate change and the inflation rates and uh, all the other issues that do have an impact on one's health condition and the healthcare business. So I think um, I think it's uh, it's an art to really find a balance on how to really navigate those challenges and to still feel um, strong and have the ability to empower other people to keep doing more to really uh, drive positive health outcomes. And uh, some of the trends I'm obviously noticing in the industry are how we're really moving and making the shift to more wellness than more healthcare. And what I really mean by that is, you know, art as medicine, food as medicine, music as medicine. And it's almost like we are going back to where we were, you know, thousands and thousands of years back. For example, uh, healthcare at home has really picked up. But in reality, yes, we're using technology, we're using telehealth, we're using telemed. Organizations such as Uber Health are really, you know, connecting, going cross-industrial. But I think we're really going back to what really meant more to us as humans, which is having a physician visit us at home, right? And uh, having that really much more personable connect, using food to really solve our uh, wellness and health issues. Uh, really talking about mental health, the art of expression and sharing our emotions. So I think uh, the trend is that I think we are going back, at least according to me, with a little bit more advancements in uh, technology and uh, you know more sophistication the way we do that. Uh, but I think that's really my observation. Yeah, and I can completely see that in just what we cover here at Becker's and what I hear from other healthcare leaders. Um, and it's a fascinating concept, having technology kind of drive us going back to basics. But um, 
Yeah, it's really interesting how that holistic approach is certainly gaining some traction again. And and so keeping all of that in mind, you know, these micro and macro issues that you described and the trends that you're seeing, what are some exciting and innovative solutions that you're working on in healthcare? I know you mentioned your background in product development, so would love to hear about any projects that you're working on to kind of address some of these issues. And then beyond that, I'm curious how you also encourage leaders to adapt to scale as well. Great question again, Erica. I think I'll go from uh, bottom up. I think, you know, how do I encourage leaders to adapt to scale? I think in terms of what I've observed in my short career run is it's not just, you know, the large digital transformations or new innovative solutions that we grab and go to market. I think it's very important for leaders to really think about talent management, not just think, but think through talent management, uh, because without proper talent management, I think uh, creating transformations are not quite sustainable uh, in a longitudinal format. So I think that's one key thing which leaders need to adapt. And also a lot of education and obviously patience to really understand what are the implications of any new technology that we're bringing to table. For example, obviously now we're talking about ethics and AI. Um, same, I think the same level of ethics needs to go into any platform, any product, any solution we bring to bear because there are these um, conscious and subconscious implications of every platform, every technology we bring to table. So I think creating a very conscious, um, innovative model for leaders is very critical before they bring in the solutions. And now coming to what are the exciting innovative solutions, I'm looking at projects. Uh, one of the most exciting hype is obviously generative AI. Uh, before that was digital twin. What I really love about the generative AI, and I'll also tell you what I don't like about it, is that what I really like about it is the fact that it can really simplify uh, much of our work. It can really bring the simplicity to healthcare and reduce the cost, reduce the workforce, and repurpose the time and efforts of, for example, a physician. Instead of a physician using, say, 30 minutes to write clinical notes, perhaps he or she can now use five or 10 minutes using generative AI. And I know that obviously there's, there's some HIPAA barriers over there, but being conscious of all of that, I think the tool is very powerful if used with obviously the right intent and responsibility. The other one I just mentioned is a digital twin. Uh, it's very fascinating to me uh, about the concept of replicating a person or a system and being able to proactively uh, feed the system, the virtual system, different data points to really see how the reactions would play out for the real person or the system. For example, if someone comes with a um, an undiagnosed disease and needs a medication, I can now create a digital to another person and uh, feed the twin different medications and see how the personal you know, responds to that and really drive precision to the care, precision to the medicine, and also reduce the cost of transportation, reduce the cost of care. And there's so many other um, you know, uh, benefits to it. And obviously both innovative solutions at this point come with uh, challenges, which is one is the ethics. Second one is obviously the responsible way of using it. Uh, third is obviously uh, how do we collect the massive amounts of data to really, uh, you know, give this the true amount of uh, pedestal position it requires. So I think, uh, you know, in short, I think every innovative solution should be viewed with a very 360 degree uh, conscious lens uh, to really make sure that uh, solutions bought at the healthcare system are also uh, responsible solutions, not just for the system, but also for the people we serve. 
Absolutely. And that's such a refreshing perspective too, because there is so much conversation and focus on the ethical responsibility implications of AI, like you mentioned, but really applying those to other technologies to your points seems really critical. So thank you again for sharing that take. And I know that you have this background in robotics, public health. You mentioned you're a vegan chef, which is fantastic. And a lot of these areas have really gained recognition in healthcare recently with recent developments in tech, like we've talked about. So what do you see as the key opportunities for hospitals and health systems? Is it beyond the generative AI, the digital twin, as you mentioned, what else are you seeing here? Yeah, that's a, that's a very broad uh, question. So I'll, I'll go a little bit broad myself. So I think, you know, uh, tying in obviously the tech, the public health and chef as an example, I think the the uh, the challenge and the uh, privilege lies when leaders can really bring in people from outside of the healthcare system to the healthcare system to really create uh, new perspectives, new innovative solutions, and new ideas on how we can make healthcare better. Right. So what I really mean by that is one of my uh, close friends and mentors, for example, Northwell Health, is a chief experience officer, and he used to be in the hospitality business. Um, and now he's focused on food as medicine and bringing, changing the patient experience, really changing the journey and bringing this new mindset to that. So that's a wonderful example of how a cross-industrial person was brought into the system to really change the way uh, to, to make the experience much more premium than it was, right? So it's kind of a benchmarking. So I think that's, that's one way of doing that. Um, and I think the other key opportunities are really learning. Uh, what I mean that is, you know, healthcare can learn from transportation, transportation can learn from healthcare, really using the cross-functional, cross-industrial, um, macro and micro trends to really bring in those experts, but also change the way uh, we think and we do healthcare. Um, so I think that's really where the key opportunity rise, lies, where we can find that point of intersection in every department, whether it's supply chain, we can obviously think about retail and healthcare. When we think about improving transportation, then we can think about uh, you know the best cars and healthcare experience. We can think about chefs in our healthcare system. So I think it goes on and on. I think really thinking about and and actually acknowledging that healthcare is everyone's business. So bringing all those stakeholders to the table, I think, can really change the narrative of uh, how we do and how we give care. Mm, absolutely. I really appreciate that perspective. And it, you know, just kind of underscores to how health equity, I'm sure can be part of that approach and that, that strategy really, especially as so many hospitals and health systems are, you know, prioritizing health equity initiatives and trying to bring in diverse perspectives and experiences. Um, so I appreciate you, you sharing that. Absolutely. I think that's a great point you brought up. I think by expanding and opening the table and making it longer, I think we have more players on the table across industry, across the world. And that really makes the platform more about the talent and the perspectives they bring. And then obviously changes the leadership to a more colorless, genderless format, which is why I think uh, some of us, you know, should be blind in order to make those decisions, mm -hmm. but the focus is about the net impact, right? I think that's the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know too, that you're a member of the World Economic Forum and you represent the world's largest NGO, the 
I hope I'm saying this correctly, the Akshaya Patra Foundation. Yep, yep, you said right. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, so just with your membership and your affiliations with those organizations, you know, those are some really fantastic and broad issues that you're tackling there. Can you share some of your aspirations that you have for these areas? Absolutely. Uh, great question again. With the World Economic Forum this year, I was selected as the Young Global Leader, which is really a program um, uh, running for around, I would say, maybe 14, 15 years run by the WEF, where they really handpick uh, global leaders making an impact in two or three uh, fields. And I think for me, I'm assuming uh, it's business, media, and obviously the social impact where I'm really passionate about food and security. With the WEF, I think uh, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity, but I'm really trying to um, use this uh, platform to convene with other global leaders, uh, understand and learn from them what is the impact they're making and obviously be of service and support them in any format I can. I think it's a very collective and an extremely strong community of incredible leaders across the world who are making some changes. So it's a great opportunity for me to learn and contribute in every sector. For example, a couple of months back, uh, some of the leaders were, including me, were in Morocco, really talking about how we can shift and lift the population of Africa and unite them and solve some of the basic uh, issues such as food insecurity, how do they face climate change, how can they bring in uh, innovation technology to the ecosystem. So it's it's such a intricate and intimate uh, ecosystem, but one that works at a very fast pace with so, so much more rigor to really make that impact. So I'm hoping to really continue that and uh, bring in my contributions as I learn from them. With the Akshaya Patra Foundation, I'm again very humbled and uh, just amazing with the work uh, they've been doing for the last 22 to 23 years. It's the world's largest NGO feeding 2 million kids a day all year round in India. And I can only tell you coming from India, that is such a heavy, heavy lifting uh, work to be done, to be consistently feeding 2 million kids a day um, in the government schools with high quality, with dedication, with intention. And they've uh, and I've spent some time in India the last year uh, touring their kitchens, uh, meeting the leadership, uh, volunteering in the schools with the kids. And my heart warms up uh, because it's, it's it's a very special thing to me to be able to really see um, how they're operating. But my goals with them uh, is to really uh, give them the brand elevation they need, help them out strategically to create some partnerships. Uh, and obviously one of their main requirements is to raise funds to keep continuing the work they're doing as they are a nonprofit. So that's really my intent. And I think uh, Service is is the biggest, uh, you know, gift and the responsibility for. Uh, I'm hoping many, and especially for me. So I'm hoping to continue that uh, for a very long time. Thank you so much for sharing that. I can just hear in your response and in your voice what a heartfelt, what heartfelt projects those are, and how much they mean to you. So, really thrilled to hear about your involvement there. And I know we've covered so much ground in this conversation. You know, some of your more soul-fulfilling projects that you're working on, what you're doing in the tech space. Um, I feel like there's a thousand tangents <laughs> that I could have gone on, but I want to respect your time. So just as we close here, is is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to take away from our conversation today? Uh, thank you so much, Erica. Um, you know, the only takeaways I would have is, uh, for the first one I think is always have empathy. Even when your glass is empty and uh, I think when you be of service and you give, I think the glass automatically becomes full. 
Uh, I think that's very important, especially in the business of healthcare. Um, second one is uh, really understanding and focusing on where the impact lies. And uh, as I've stated before, healthcare is everyone's business. We cannot do it alone. Uh, and I think that's why convening with global leaders, bringing that thought leadership in is very critical. Last but not the least, I think, uh, you know, listen more to Becker's Healthcare. Uh, it's such a wonderful platform, but uh, <laughs> really spending a lot of time in research, insights, and knowledge, I think is key. And uh, that's one of the key reasons I really enjoy the platform because it's a consistent space of knowledge sharing, meeting leaders, um, and really, you know, uh, waking us up every day with uh, what's happening, what's not happening. I think knowledge is key and data is key. And I think without that, you know, we, we can't go too many miles. So I think those are the three main pointers I would like to share. Wow, thank you. Well, we certainly appreciate the Becker shout out, but those <laughs> those three call outs for leadership, you know, empathy, collaboration, ongoing learning, I just think those are so important. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that reminder. Um, it's certainly a refreshing perspective. So thank you again, Smriti. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Rika. It's wonderful to be here. Well, we were thrilled to have you. And listeners, you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.